Welcome to Season 4 of Third Way Collective's Peace Signs Podcast, highlighting stories of peace, justice, and faith at Penn State University. I'm not a a LGBT person. I'm a straight, white, cisgender male with just every stupid kind of privilege. So... um, uh, I don't want to talk about what we have created <laughs> um, so much. I'm John Rowe. Uh, I'm a uh, professor of mathematics at Penn State, a um, member of State College Presbyterian Church. But I just say I'm a Christian or a Jesus follower. Uh, but some wonderful friends of ours have been um, seeing a need for a place where uh, LGBT people and people of faith um, can intersect and when I say intersect they often intersect in the same person it's like I forget what the statistics are but you know 40% or something of, of gay people claim Christian faith some, something like that um, and yet even though that's the way uh, it is in many people's experience there are many, many loud voices out there, actually, on both sides, um, wanting to say it's just impossible to live in this intersection. There are Christian voices who say you cannot be a gay Christian. A gay Christian does not exist. Um, just like there are voices that say transgender people just don't exist. You know, there's no such thing. And there are voices I don't. This is not the side that I'm familiar with, but I know there are voices also from the LGBT side which say you just can't be involved in the oppressive system which the Christian community has been for for thousands of years. You should just walk out of it. So for people for whom faith means, Christian faith means a lot of people whose lives have been touched by the spirit of Jesus, as I would say, and who are LGBT, uh, there hasn't been a place for them um, to be, to share, to be firm, to worship together, until last year when some of our friends put this um, organization uh, receiving with Thanksgiving uh, together. And uh, uh, that's been so moving to see a lot of LGBT people, and particularly transgender people, our kid was transgender, um, suffer from debilitating depression. Certainly part of that comes from this sense that you're not safe anywhere. You know, if... uh, I mean, just taking these bathroom bills as an example, if you... you feel like every time you go to a public bathroom, um, you're in danger. Well, that's just exhausting. And living a life so threatened, I don't say that it is the only cause of mental health problems, but if you're prone to... I, I, the, the usual kind of hypothesis these days about mental health is that there's a, a sort of multiple causation and that then there's some extra thing which sort of triggers the beginning of repeated episodes. Well, this 
sense of threatenedness. Uh, I can see how that could be the trigger. Um, so as far as that goes, um, this work that we're doing with receiving Thanksgiving and so on, trying to provide a, a, a comf comfortable, comforting space where LGBTQ people can be themselves and be people of faith and call on the Spirit of God for help, that's got to help some. I, sorry, I, that comes out as though I believe that Christians don't have mental health problems, which is ridiculous, of course. <laughs> we, we certainly do. Um, but providing a, a, a safe, a comfortable space, a comforting space, that's got to make a difference. Paul says in Ephesians, our battle is not against flesh and blood, against principalities, powers, spiritual forces of wickedness in the heavenly places. It sounds like some crazy Hollywood movie. Um, but the thing that I, the first thing that I remember every time I read that verse is the phrase, our battle is not against flesh and blood. Mm. You know, people are, are not the enemy. Uh, people in churches who believe hateful things about LGBT people, uh, individuals, those people are not the enemy. People in our society who don't see the need for change, for justice, for change to bring about justice, those people are not the enemy. They are the enemy is the, the forces, what Paul would call the forces of wickedness, which which have trapped them. And actually, I so what feels like a very kind of evangelical or fundamentalist view of spiritual warfare sets us free to love people because we know they're not our enemies. Whereas if we, uh, we, if we don't hear that message, then it's very easy to think, oh yeah, it's just these bad people and those bad people and those bad people. If we could just squish them, then we would be establishing um, justice. And when we do that, we are ourselves. If we think that way, I mean, we are ourselves in bondage to some kind of force of wickedness. So Paul's theology comes through and, uh, and uh, tells us how to conduct this fight, namely as a fight where no person is our enemy. Uh, but nevertheless, there is an enemy which can and must be defeated. Peace Signs is a project of Third Way Collective, committed to Christ-centered peace, justice, and faith at Penn State University. To find out more and to lend your voice, like us on Facebook, follow on Twitter, or visit us at thirdwaycollective.org.